0: Hey, ladies, are you looking for a podcast that brazenly advances women's political interests? Check out Female Political Strategy. Female Political Strategy is a
1: politics-focused spinoff brought to you by the ruthless minds behind the female dating strategy.
0: I'm Lila a socialist L, a a conservative and I'm Roe. and I'm politically non-binary Join us as we shatter male-crafted narratives on all sides of the political spectrum and spearhead our agenda for a female-focused future
1: Tune in to Female Political Strategy wherever
0: podcasts are distributed You can also find us on Twitter at Female Political Until next time Team Female Hey Queens Are you ready to level up? then join our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the female dating strategy where you can find weekly bonus content and FDS commentary on all the latest pop culture, relationship, and dating news. If you just want to listen to the extra bonus content, we have the Lurker Mode tier on our Patreon. If you want merchandise, access to the private FDS Patreon Discord, which also includes a monthly book club with FDS and feminist-themed books, as well as FDS merchandise, T-shirts, mugs, and the opportunity to discuss topics with the FDS Podcast Queens live. As well as submit stories for our Rose to Disco- Queen, and Nasus discussions on the podcast itself. So if you'd like access to all this and more, visit our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the female dating strategy. What's up, Queens? Welcome to the Female Dating Strategy Podcast, the meanest female-only podcast on the internet. I'm Ro. And I'm Savannah. And I'm Lilith. All right. So the continuation of our discussion on Love is Blind all the tea dropped over the past week or so on the show. I didn't do the homework, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> feel- <laughs> I only watched
1: up to, like, halfway through episode eight. It's so cringe. I was literally skipping through parts of it because I was just so, like, pissed off with so many of the characters. Um, Yeah, I couldn't handle it, so I'm sorry. But I'll listen to you guys
0: roast them. It's very, very (laughs) cheesy. Um, And right up until the end, they really try to make it seem like all of these couples had a chance, even the ones that pretty clearly didn't have a chance. Were doomed. Yeah. Very obviously doomed. Yeah. And also, on my Twitter, I found some alleged behind the scenes tea that was posted on Reddit and I put it on my Twitter and it kind of went viral because people were sharing and retweeting about some of the cast members, some of the things that were observed by production in regards to the cast members, which I'll get to. So uh, stay tuned for that scalding hot tea and our, our take on it. It may or may not be true by the way, because some people were saying it might be fake. I don't know why people do that. Maybe they just like attention, but I I tend to believe it was probably true. And then the person got spooked because somebody might've been able to identify them. You know, because based mm-hmm, on the maybe. kind of things they were saying. But none of it seemed like that much of a surprise for it to be,
2: you know, worth faking.
0: It seemed all believable, yeah. It seemed very, very believable. So, I don't know, which couple do you want to start with first?
2: So let's start with um, Danielle and Nick.
1: Yeah, they pissed me off so much. That's what That was the couple that I was skipping through because they were arguing about nothing all of the time. And I was like, bitch, you're pissing me off. Like, why are you, like, arguing about literally nothing? And, like, also when they met... His mom, um, and she like her for opening line was like, "Oh, because I have anxiety and like I used to, I lost a bunch of weight and I'm so insecure." I'm like, "Yeah, girl, like why is that your opening line? Like when you're in, I this I don't know I, I get it like some people who are really insecure, but like I ne- when I'm meeting someone I never just like trauma dump all my insecurities. I save that no. shit. I keep that shit locked no. down. I don't tell my tell anyone except for on the podcast, <laughs> but.
0: When you meet her mom, it becomes really obvious why she's the way she is, because her mom makes little backhanded digs at her and puts all her business out in the streets. Yeah. I see why she's got constant anxiety. Her mom's really bad with boundaries. She's always negating the things she wants. And then she's always just like leading with all of her personal information. She she tells the camera within like five minutes, like, Oh, um How often are you
1: having sex? Yeah, how often
0: are you having sex? But also like I was gonna be a psychology major and um so I'm really good at reading people, and then goes into this tirade about how like Danielle is always uh, sabotaging her relationships, et cetera. And I'm like, I would be so embarrassed if my mom just like, yeah, that was creepy went and said all of those things about me to a camera. Right. Whereas you see everybody else's family was somewhat protective of them yeah, yeah. in front of the camera. Whereas like Danielle's mom was just like diary of the mouth telling all her business <laughs> and then psychoanalyzing psycho- her. I'm like, yes, that's why she's always like psychoanalyzing herself and then feeling a need to like overshare because that's basically the way her mom treats her. Right. To people. Yeah. That's a shame.
1: Girl needs therapy and you need to like spend a significantly, significantly less time with your mom.
0: Yeah. Put some boundaries on that. And I don't, I don't, I can't get a read on her mom, whether she's like, a malicious person where she's just doing it because she's threatened by her daughter or if she's just generally thinking she's helping and kind of clueless that I can't really tell, but whatever what she's doing is pretty actively harmful.
1: Yeah, that's true. I thought, yeah, their, their family, I don't know, families that overshare like that kind of creep me out. My family's very reserved. And so when I meet, uh, or actually no, I have one side of the family very reserved. One side of family that's like too open, like creepily open. Um, <laughs> I don't spend as much time around them for that reason. But yeah, sometimes I'll meet other people's families and I'm like, really? You're, you're talking like, I'll go over to my friend's mom's house and I'll be like, and we'll be talking and like her mom will ask about, we'll talk about her sex life. And I'm like, that's cool and all, but also like a little weird to me. Like I have to have a couple
0: glasses of wine and be fine with talking about my friend's mom's sex life. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> even though that's cringe, it's like, I would just feel so bad if, you know, you just like talk about all your daughter's faults and flaws in front of people and then psychoanalyze, like it just feels like a, you
1: know, asylum experiment or something.
0: I don't know. Yeah. So I feel for Danielle because I feel like she's got to work on her mental health and put serious boundaries on her mother and by extension her family. So, okay. So the tea that was spilled behind Nick and Danielle, they basically played up the drama a little bit more for the camera and that they weren't fighting as much as it seemed like. Maybe some things were misinterpreted between the two of them where Nick is a little bit more reserved and then Danielle having anxiety. She, like, wants answers right away, you know? Based on the reunion show, they went to therapy and started working on those issues. And that more or less, like, uh, Nick's a lot... Oh, did they actually get married? Yeah, they actually did. They did get married. Oh, they're still together? Yeah, they're
2: still together, yeah. And they're still together, yeah. I wasn't surprised by that, to be honest, because it- despite all the bickering um, and, like, given their temperaments, they seemed decently well-matched. So I wasn't surprised that they got married in the end.
0: Oh, that surprises me. Okay. Yeah. And it seemed like um, Nick was actually, he loosened up to some of her more sillier traits too. And he said that like, he, he says that they made him seem a little bit more. Um, like a dork? Of a neat freak than he was. Yeah. Where he's like, he's like, he just doesn't like things broken. He's like, and Danielle even says on the, on the reunion, like, oh, he's the one dancing on tables now. And he's like, well, I have sturdier tables. And she's like, well, my furniture is cheap. So that's probably why he's like, Yeah, I just no don't want broken stuff. But you know, it seems like they've integrated their friend groups, they've integrated their lifestyle, they moved in together, and it's it's pretty cute. Her cat is super
1: cute. Honestly, like her cat, the mm-hmm. orange and like black mixed kind of color. Oh, so cute. Anyways, yeah. I just wanted to say <laughs> her her cat's adorable. <laughs> I would like I would dump the bed, keep the cat. No, I'm kidding. Anyways. Yeah. Um, I wonder if did their cat and dog get along because he has a dog, she has a cat. How I think so. Yeah,
0: that? I think they said it was oh. fine. So they were, like the cat's a little skittish, okay. but it wasn't like it wasn't like World War Three or anything. Um, with the cat, okay, so cool, cool. Uh, yeah, so I mean, they ultimately worked out, but I think again, they're they're modeling some healthy behaviors in the sense that they're going to get therapy together. Um, they seem to be uh, open to um, not triggering each other and figuring out how to communicate. And they just said, you know, they said some of it too is the pressure cooker of figuring out if they were going to get married caused some of the argument filler ups because you're you're kind of forced to deal with it then and there. Right. So they said once the mm-hmm. show is over, there was less pressure that they could kind of like re- relax into their relationship a little bit more. So. I don't know. I, I wish them the okay. best. Um, you know, I, I feel like always always good communication and patience and all that kind of stuff, so seems like they're willing to do it, so... Um, Nick
2: and Danielle. So next, should we do Jarrett and Iyana? Yeah. Didn't they also get married? They also got married. They did, and they're still together.
1: I think she deserves
2: better, Yeah, but as too. long as he treats her well. The way they interact seems cute enough, and they seem happy, but for me, it's just... I. I think anyone deserves better than being, you know, publicly known as, you know, someone else's you, second, you know, second choice, best yeah. option, especially when, um, you know, Mallory wasn't even, um, or Jarrett wasn't even like Mallory's first option. It just, it's just the whole, the, that, that whole like debacle just set a really, really bad taste in my mouth. And I was even surprised that Iana accepted his proposal after he basically said that she was second best. I am surprised she still said yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I, okay. First of all, I'm still trying to find out the tea about why he got stabbed. Because like I said, like, <laughs> no grown adult man just gets stabbed for no reason. But some of Jarrett started to make a little bit more sense when we met his parents. So his dad's a minister. Like, his dad's a pastor, and I was like, oh, okay, he's a pastor's kid. So he's, like, he's kind of a sneaky bitch, I think, probably. (laughs) (laughs) So part of of the, like, fights they were having or arguments that Iana and him were having was the fact that he wanted to go out every night and stay all, all night, et cetera, and then More or less, she's a homebody and was like, well, if you get married, I'd, you know, I'd like you to be home more often and that you can't just move how you moved and you're single. And it seems like based on the reunion show, that was still an issue after the show when they were first married. And then he's slowly given up a lot of his like going out all the time. But I, I definitely see... Jarrett is like a pastor's kid. He was like trying to do the respectable thing he thinks is going to earn the respect of his father because his father was like, I never married anybody because I always want to be the first person I marry as a pastor to be my son. That's
1: fucking weird to me. I don't know. That's a lot of pressure to put on your kid. That's like, I, I don't know. I thought, that was, I thought that was a really weird comment.
0: I don't know. I think it was just sort of a sentimental thing where he's like, I'm not marrying anybody till I marry my oldest son or whatever. But
1: that feels like a ultimatum or like, a, you know, you have, I can't marry anyone else until you get married. So you better get married soon kind of thing. I don't know. Like putting the pressure. Yeah,
0: but no, but exactly. I, f- I feel like his dad was more or less looking at him like you need to grow the fuck up and like his entire demeanor towards Jared was like, I mean, he did need to grow the fuck up. So, I mean, I don't blame him for
1: yeah. saying that. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I did love his parents. So. Yeah,
1: his parents seem really sweet. Yeah, his, his parents seemed actually so adorable. I like the, the, when they meet Iana and he shows the engagement ring and they're like super excited. And then he's like, Oh yeah, and we're getting married in two weeks. And the parents are like, Oh, um, yeah, let's, uh, let's sit down and talk about it. <laughs> i was like oh my gosh they're so good like they seem like such good people like they're genuinely concerned for their son like that like is he making a bad decision and they're not like those parents
2: that know that their son is low value but they're excited he's getting married so they don't have to deal with him anymore they actually seem genuinely invested in ensuring that both of them made the right decision
1: yeah i didn't like how Jarrett said When they asked her what do you like about her, he says, Oh, I like how she's resilient. I like like what you said, Ro in the first episode, like, don't lead with your trauma because then a guy will only ever see you that way. And he'll be like, Wow, she's so strong, she's so resilient, she's so great at overcoming adversity. And like, I don't know, I just wouldn't want
0: Like she'll deal with whatever nonsense I throw her away, you know? That's what it comes across as.
1: Yeah, because she'll put up with my bullshit kind of thing. Like, that's exactly it. Like, men like that, they see a woman who's put up with a lot of trauma and they think, Oh yeah. She'll put up with whatever fucking bullshit I throw her way because she's been through this before kind of thing. And it's like,
0: speaking of bullshit, uh, Ayana admitted that she was really upset about the conversation with Mallory. Like once she actually watched the show and that they didn't watch the show together. And then they showed the clips of them talking Mallory and Jarrett. And she was like, well, I was mostly mad at Jarrett because obviously Mallory, I don't know her, so she doesn't owe me anything, but Jarrett's supposed to be my partner. And he was very clearly trying to flirt and do a last-dish effort with Mallory. And uh, Sal also was really upset watching it on TV and then reacting at the reunion. And then Jarrett basically was like, oh no, it wasn't like that. Everything was a joke. I even made the comment, like, when you, okay, so when we saw Jarrett and Sal have the conversation on the beach about the conversation that Jarrett had with Mallory and like what went down. Like, I was like, Jarrett is an experienced side dude because he totally deflected that entire situation knowing that he was full of shit. I was like, I think you got stabbed because you're the type of dude to be talking to like your friend's women behind their back yeah and his friends look like a gaggle of fuckboys to be real so i'm looking at it from the perspective of like he lied way too easy that situation for me to not believe this dude is not an experienced side dude and so later when they're both watching the actual footage it's very clear that he was like not joking right yeah so no he's very obviously serious about it right but then he tried to, like... It was just a joke, bro. Yeah, like, say that to Sal as well as Iana, right? And try to make it seem like, oh, it wasn't that big of a deal. So, like, definitely some sneaky points on that one. Um, he And he seemed like he was really overcompensating, like, trying to be extra affectionate because maybe he knew he fucked up, right? He's like, yeah, I shouldn't have had that conversation and I've apologized for it, et cetera, et cetera. And so, um, I don't know. Once again, it's like, is it a public display because he feels guilty? Is it a public display because he knows it's going to look bad on his part? you know, like just trying to overcompensate, but I don't know. I'm, I'm real sketch on Iana and Jerry. I feel like he's definitely going to cheat on her. 100% going to cheat on her. And then when that
1: happens, he's going to be like, Oh, it was the devil that tempted me. Oh, it was, I'm so sorry. I sinned or whatever. I don't know. Is he particularly religious or does he seem like the kind of scrote who would like use religion to excuse his scrotery?
0: I mean, I don't know. He never really brought up religion, but his dad is a pastor. And I think it's, it comes across to me. Like it's important to him to be respected in that circle. Right. So I don't know. Like I said, I think he's just a PK kid where like he's sort of loosely religious. PKs are like pastor's kids. Like uh, they're sort of loosely religious, but like, you know, it's always like a, a contentious thing between them and their family because they want the freedom. So I, I look at it like he looks at Iana as like a stabilizing force and i think her her parents are very religious as well, but like realistically he wants to be in the streets. Like <laughs> he wants yeah, he wants for the streets. Yeah, he wants to be partying. <laughs> like he like he even he didn't really want to give it up yet, but his community expects him to start to act a little bit more mature. But i'm i'm a little bit um iffy on that cuz i'm like, well, can you really take a guy out the streets who doesn't want to be out yet? Right. Yeah, no you can't. You mm. literally can't. The only reason he's out is cuz he got stabbed, right? So as soon as yeah. he starts to like <laughs> emotionally heal from that, he'll he might want to go back out, you know? Like it seems like it was just a, a a life-threatening situation that made him change his mind more so than he matured out of that scene.
1: Yeah. No, he needs. He's he even said in like the first episode that he's looking for a woman who will take care of him if something happens to him. He seems like the kind of guy who's already mentally preparing for the next time he gets stabbed. Right? He's just looking for someone to take
0: care of him. Then <laughs> he inevitably gets stabbed again because he's going to do some foul. Yeah,
1: he already knows he's going to do something shitty that will probably get him stabbed. He's like, well, at least this time I'll have a live-in female
0: caregiver, so I'll be ahead this. I'll be ahead of the curve this time. I do think he generally likes and loves her. I just don't think he's really. About the life he's trying. Good for her. Yeah, I don't think he's good for, her, and I don't think he's about the life he's trying to portray. And even then, he, there was some insight during the uh, the tux fitting where he was talking about the difference between like Mal and Iana, which is that like Iana wants to go back to school, and so she's not going to be having income and stuff like that. So he's going to have to carry a lot of financial burden, which I think he wouldn't, he wouldn't have had to do it with Mal, which is also a motivating factor for him. So he also comes across like, Oh, so when, when, uh, Iana brought
1: that up and like, I think it was episode six or seven, she was like, Oh, well, Valerie's more established than me. Uh, you know, and so on, so on. She asked about that. And, uh, Jarrett was like, no, so that actually was a problem. So he just lied to her face about it.
0: Yeah, it was <laughs> a problem. He mentioned it, um, as like a thing, he's got to now take care of. It's going to be more of a financial Uh, issue because of yeah her not working and so they they were talking about that during the tux fitting with his like gaggle of fuck boyfriends i'm like uh all your friends look like they ain't shit (laughs) like (laughs) like, i don't really think i'm just not convinced man i'm not convinced at how committed he is to this marriage like he might i mean he might turn it around he might like really take it seriously it seems like he's trying but that'll be interesting to see the one year later reunion but i also think iana's not gonna leave him she seems like she's a bit of a doormat so yeah that's I, it'd probably take a lot for her to actually leave. So next on the list was Sal and Mal. Did they get married? Um, no, they didn't. So what happened. Okay, good. Episode 10 was uh, Sal said that he thought it wasn't right that, uh, he felt like there was trust issues in the relationship, which yeah, obviously between the two of them. And then, um, two, that her family didn't come through. And so he didn't feel right doing it because her family didn't approve, which he also talked about, I think on his Instagram. Oh, her family literally didn't go to the wedding. Oh, that's cold. Uh, Her sister did, but her her parents didn't. And I don't think he got to meet a lot of her extended family. And remember her sister was really iffy about Sal Mm -hmm. when they met during the like parents exchange it was interesting to see the contrast, right? Like Sal's sisters are really open to the experience and like talking to her and, and trying to embrace her. And then on the other hand, uh, Mal's sister was really skeptical. She was like, are you sure this is the right decision? I'm not sure this is going to be good for you. And she wasn't like, she wasn't like outright disrespectful of or anything, but she's like, I don't know you. And so I'm not trying to be rude, but I you know our parents aren't really in, you know interested in being part of the circus, et cetera. So Mal didn't really have her family's full support. And then Sal didn't feel comfortable with that. In addition to the fact that they had both now had some, like, weird fuckery going on that rightfully so gave the other one trust issues, right? So first it was Mal's little flirtation with Jarrett, which, you know, it's really shitty that both Jarrett and Mallory tried to gaslight Sal about that situation. Yeah. And Sal was pretty visibly pissed during the reunion being like, okay, when I saw that, I was definitely pissed again because he's like, you guys both. He's like, I was right the whole time. Yeah, he was right. Yeah. They trashed him for no reason. And then secondly, the other thing was that when the girl showed up at Sal's sister's home that he says was like a girl he was sleeping with or friends with benefits that is taking it way too seriously, that apparently uh, gave Mal, Mal a lot of hesitation as well. And if you believe the tea that was spilled on Reddit, that argument went on and was pretty intense for a while. Um, so a girl that claimed to be dating Sal showed up to a sister's house and like caused a scene. Can I just say, I also like how Sal has a bunch of sisters. That's another thing I look out for
1: when I'm dating. My boyfriend has two sisters. And so um, he's like a middle child. So I always look for men who have sisters because they are usually more friendly to women and just like better than men who only have brothers.
0: Well, okay. So it's hard to tell what that situation was because Sal's Because obviously she knows Sal's sisters, right? And then the tea that was spilled on Reddit was that Sal was allegedly actually seriously dating this woman, but then ditched her to go on Love is Blind. But he, you know, it's hard to tell... What the truth is there, because he's like, well, they notify you a year out from when they start filming that you're going to have to do Love is Blind. So he's like, I was upfront with everybody involved that this, you know, I was going to be doing this, right? And what his motivations were that I'd be here trying to look for my wife. So either the girl, either he's being a fuck boy and wasn't really honest to her, or he was honest with her and she's a little nuts, but like either way, kind of poor judgment on his part. So
1: Maybe. I don't know.
0: It's hard to tell because sometimes exes be crazy like that. I don't know. Sometimes they're crazy, but then I'm like, I, sometimes I feel like the quiet ones are like the biggest fuck boys. That's why I'm sort of, maybe yeah. I'm a little bit iffy with him. And, and also like, cause it's with reality TV, there's always the types that just do shit cause they want to like be on TV. True. Yeah. Were you serious about trying to find a way for you just trying to look like a good guy and promote your mariachi band or whatever he plays in. Can
1: I say it was hilarious when he was like, Oh yeah, we're gonna have a bunch of kids and they'll be like a little mariachi I was like, that's so adorable. (laughs)
0: Hilarious, but (laughs) adorable. Anyways. I think like Mal just wasn't into him. You could just see that their chemistry wasn't there. And I think her first impression when she met him was right that she just wasn't into a guy who was like yeah, a ukulele playing sensitive soft boy type guy. Like she wants a more rough and tumble guy. And ironically, he did the best. Um, So uh, for their bachelor party, they went to Wrigley Field and did baseball. And ironically, Sal was like one of the best performing baseball players there. (laughs) That's hilarious. That's awesome. Yeah. So he has some athletic talent and he was like, maybe I should have been a baseball player, but he's like, I'm just not into sports. I'm into like, you know, music, et cetera. So it just looked like ultimately Mal, that's just not the type that Mal wanted, but You know, she's maybe trying to lean into the experiment and date against her usual type who apparently treats her like shit. I
1: thought she said like, oh, I'm like, oh, no, she's like, oh, I'm one of the guys, you know, uh, this is the type of guy I like, but they treat me like I'm one of the guys or something. No, she said
0: like, she she says that they're just like not, they don't ever like uh, really compliment her or make her feel good, like making her feel like, oh, you're a bad bitch, etc. Right. That's what she was talking to Jared about. So Mm -hmm. she just apparently feels like they're not... I don't know, stroking your ego enough or whatever. But either way, it just seems like a, a lifestyle difference. Like she she probably just feels like she should like Sal, but doesn't actually like Sal. Like she's not really actually in love with him.
1: Yeah. Like he's one of those guys who maybe seems good on paper, but like the ke- physical chemistry just isn't there. And it is what it is.
0: For whatever reason, she's just not attracted to him. And there's some other tea that like they're both not spilling. So Sal made a comment, like there's other things that happen, but I'm not going to like put it on – uh, on the show, out of respect for Mal, so I don't know what happened, but I'm dying to know. And this, I wish this Rihanna was more messy, but <laughs> basically everyone. But the problem is, like, so they're all professionals and they're not like professional reality TV people, so you could see that they were trying to protect each other, protect each other's like reputation because they all have to go back to work after this. Whereas some other ones, like, they would have been super messy. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, true. Except for Amber in the first unit, because like she didn't have a job, she, she had no qualms. Like she had nothing to yeah, lose, airing everybody the fuck out, like. She was such a a horrible person. Like, that's when I turned on her during the reunion of the first first season. I was like, ugh, like, gross. Like, they definitely gave her a good edit. Uh, Yeah, so that's, I mean, that's essentially what happened with Sal and Mal. I'm not surprised they didn't get married. Mal looked a little bit, like, disappointed, but also maybe she just didn't like being rejected. So, um, yeah. I don't know. They don't belong together. She doesn't like him like that, and they both don't trust each other, so. (laughs) Yeah. Hey Queens, do you want a gadget free activity that not only helps you rest, but trains your brain as well? then you need a Unidragon puzzle. Unidragon puzzles are wooden puzzles that are gorgeously painted. The pieces are unique and challenging, and the finished product is so pretty, it can double as wall decor. You can also do this puzzle with friends and family. It's a great collaborative activity.
2: In addition to the variety of puzzles, a Unidragon puzzle also comes with other fantastic benefits. As queens, our beauty sleep is extremely important, and one of the best ways to ensure that we get a good night's sleep is to keep our phone and computer screens away from our bed. This is where the puzzle comes in a unidragon puzzle is a perfect alternative to gadgets as they can help you to relax and unwind so you can get your beauty sleep
0: all while learning analytical skills that you can use in your daily life so check out unidragon puzzles and get 10 percent off with discount code fds that's unidragon.com with discount code fds for 10 off happy puzzling queens this message was brought to you by this episode sponsor unidragon.com back to the show So, next couple was, is it just Natalie and Shane? Okay. Okay. Where do we start? Okay. So, so here's the thing. I still maintain that I think Shane is a substance abuser. Wait, did they get married? No, they didn't get married. No, right? Okay, good. So, what happened was on episode 10, it comes up that they had some huge blowout fight after... Uh, the bachelor party. So I guess they had the bachelor party a night or two before the wedding. The bachelor party was them at Wrigley Field. And Shane is like clearly drunk and probably on some other substances and he can't hit any of the baseballs. So he's throwing a fit, right? He like threw the ball. He's like taking shots at Sal because Sal's actually hitting the ball. (laughs) I'm like, probably you can't hit the ball because you're drunk and high as fuck and your hand-eye coordination is zero. Right. Your hand eye coordination is zero. So yeah, he's raging about the fact that he's, he's really doing poorly at baseball. And so apparently at some point there's a fight that happens between him and Natalie off camera. And he said something to her, like, you're the worst thing that ever happened to me. And it basically made it, made it seem like uh, this was just a big mistake, et cetera, et cetera. So um, he shows up to the, he shows up to the wedding And to be blunt, he looked high as fuck. Like, there's just no, like, nice way to say it.
1: There's, like, that scene. I I saw the clip of him with his jaw, just, like, grinding his jaw. Like, yeah, he's fucking high, man. Like, that's how fucking
0: crackheads act. (laughs) That's how people act when they're on blow. And the tea that was spilled by the production spiller, if it's true, on my Twitter, um, says that they caught him during production, like, using cocaine several times. So, Oh, shit. But again, not sure if it's true. Disclaimer, disclaimer. But, like, uh... I mean, just looking at him and having seen drug addicts, like he he looks like a, he looks and acts just like a drug addict. And literally the first thing
1: I wrote about him, I mentioned this in the first episode, he seems like a crackhead because that's, uh, yeah, again,
0: I've seen crackheads. Like that's how they fucking act. Like at the reunion, he looked really gaunt and he was giving me like Aaron Carter vibes, like with his like fidgety, (laughs) like explosive, really nonsensical reactions to everything. So part of the problem with Shane is like when he's sober, he's probably a perfectly fine dude. But when he's, Hi, he's a crazy person. Or going through withdrawals, yeah. Or going through withdrawals. And so, obviously, Natalie should get herself the hell out of there. So, I want to talk about it almost on two layers, which is like, okay, let's just assume, let's let's talk about sober Shane and their relationship. So, sober Shane and Natalie, to me, never seems like a good match. Like I said from the last episode... She doesn't like to give him like the compliments and she can be very cutting the way she talks to him, being like, Oh, you're a piece of shit or whatever. And she has a very sarcastic sense of humor. But for someone who like you know, likes words of affirmation it requires constant praise and validation, yeah. Yeah, that's really gonna like start to cut down their self-esteem and like piss them off. So that communication issue to me was always gonna be a problem and like I said I don't think it was a big deal if you just need to compliment your partner and, and again it's just a, maybe a, a communication style difference mm. we asked the girl and she was like fishing for a partner for compliments and he just kind of negged her the whole time I think we would think that was kind of shitty too but like in this case it was such a mismatch that I was like why are you why are you like keep continuing to pursue this guy if you don't actually like his personality like you're overwhelmed by because she
1: thinks he's hot that's like literally the whole reason why she was with him like cause the moment she saw him she's like oh my god he's so hot. Like she said that several times throughout the series. You're so hot. He's so hot. That's the reason why like he's tall. He's like tall white guy, <laughs> tall, tall mm. there.
0: I saw this tweet a while back that was like, is he attractive? or Is he just tall and white? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's what it comes. I, yeah. And I hate to say it, but it did kind of come across to me like he's a tall, assertive white guy. So she's like hanging your hopes on him. And then secondly, when he was talking about his like financial habits, she was like, oh, we have to build a 401k. And he's like, I don't believe in 401ks. And I spend like $2,000 a month on food. And I was like, restaurants. I'm like, uh, <laughs> nope. <Whoa>. Deal breaker. <laughs> it's not on restaurants. Like, first of all, it's not all on restaurants. So let's keep it around. It's on drugs as well. It's not on drugs. <laughs> yeah. And then two, like with Natalie, she's so like um meticulously organized. And like either he would have to give all of his finances completely to her, otherwise they're or they're gonna come Completely blow up about that. Like you can't have a person who has like zero financial sense and still wants control, and a person who has a ton of like fiscal conservative habits. So I was like, this mm-hmm. they just don't seem compatible in all of the really, really important ways. And I struggle to see why they like each other. And and when even when you ask Shane, the only reason he liked Natalie was like, Well, she really likes me. So Shane just really craves validation from someone yeah, and Natalie doesn't want to give it to him mm. and Natalie doesn't like how extroverted he is and Natalie doesn't like any of his financial habits. So it's like, why is she like this guy? <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't get it <laughs> again. Yeah. They're yeah. so
1: incompatible. Like what he needs to do is find another woman. You know how like in the, um, Annie Casina episode, she was like, oh, a narcissistic man will be like, I'm so awesome. A narcissistic woman will usually be like, you're so awesome. So he just needs to get with another woman who will be like, oh my God, Shane, you're so amazing. You're so tall. You're so handsome. You're so strong. Amazing. Blah, blah, blah. And he'll, the two, like
0: two narcissists together can be a power couple. Okay. Like, <laughs> I'm not even convinced he's a narcissist so much. He's just like kind of insecure and likes, like just needs like some pep talk, right? Like he actually seemed kind of sad to me. That's how narcissists are. They're deeply insecure. They need constant praise and validation. That's how they be. To me, I just he doesn't seem like he's malevolent, like a narcissist that was trying to dupe not people. All, not all narcissists are malevolent, actually. Like that that's another thing. It's like there's some
1: narcissists that are like malignant. There's some narcissists that are uh, like covert narcissists. They're just like insecure, but like in a sort of passive kind of like, oh, like I think I'm great, but the world doesn't
0: think I'm great kind of thing. But he doesn't even think he's great. Like, I just think he has guardian I just think he just has garden variety, low self-esteem. But I will say the problem is, is that his drug habit, it makes it hard to read because his explosive anger problems are definitely fucking drug induced, right? So he has low impulse control, yeah. extremely low impulse control. So a lot of his... His behavior just seems to me like to be a person that's just whatever drugs he's on is, is completely shot his ability to assess the situation. And then when he gets, when, when he's off his drugs, he's going through withdrawal, he's massively insecure, right? He doesn't like the way he's acting when he's on drugs. And you can see like he's pretty remorseful and like for whatever for whatever is where he seemed to genuinely love Natalie, but he can't control himself it's a toxic relationship. I don't think he actually loves Natalie. He likes the fact that she likes him. That's the thing. Like that's
1: why I think he's a narcissist is because they don't like the p- actual human being in front of them. They like the validation that the person gives them.
2: That's literally one of the first things he said when they got together and somebody asked him, "Oh, why do you like Natalie?" He was like, "Because she likes me."
1: Cuz I was her number one choice from the beginning kind of thing. Yeah. Like, they that, that's exactly how narcissists be in a relationship. They will, like, they have this projection of, like, the ideal partner. And then, like, over time, the relationship gets worse and worse and worse when the person, when they, as they get to know the person and realize that what, how they imagine them to be, like, the fantasy doesn't live up to reality, right? And that's kind of the impression I got with them. He
0: was just disappointed that she was mean to him. Like, that's the only thing that I feel like was the issue. I don't think she was that mean. She was just sort of like teasing a little bit. Like, I don't know. I kind of, I'm kind of like that. You mean, like that's a love language thing that people would not like. I'll be honest, Natalie would get on my nerves because she'd be kind of a downer every time we'd be trying to keep the mood light. Cause she'd be like, Oh, this person's a piece of shit. I don't want to do this. I I can't do that. I'm like, Mm. man, girl, shut up. Like there's times when I was listening to Natalie (laughs) and I was like, I couldn't be in even a friendship with Natalie. And it's like, not because I feel like she's a bad person or anything, but she, like her communication style can be cutting to people who like a certain level of levity. And I didn't really like, at least when I'm looking at Shane, like I didn't really think he was trying to put an expectation that she needed to be a certain way other than like, she wouldn't support him or like have very cutting comments towards him. But again, we don't know the whole story, so it's hard to see that's, that's everything. And then when, and then, and obviously he had a couple times where he turned the argument around on her and he should have taken responsibility and but it's like all of them did that at some point like in the fucking show. Um Shane did that, Nick mm. did that, Jarrett did that, uh Mal did that, Shake obviously did that, but a lot of them like turned arguments around on the other person when they should have taken responsibility, especially when he screwed up like Natalie and Shane's name. And then mm. later when uh when they were arguing, um, Natalie was like, Oh well, I think you uh, have a lot to work on etc cetera, etc cetera. and he says like he's like I acknowledge that and I'm even say it's like 80% my fault but I feel like you never like apologize or say there's anything that's contributed to that. And so there's like a big you know contentious point there of them trying to say like okay I'm not the entire bad guy here and then her being like you know you have this and you have this so she's like very critical of him and that just causes him to lash out even more so you have a guy who's low self-esteem low imp- impulse control because of his drug use and then a person who's highly critical of them like that just seemed like an explosive thing but I don't know if that's a narcissist trait so much as like him just being on drugs
2: I'm also quite like hesitant to to label people as a narcissist like based off a reality t v show when you haven't met them and it's all edited and spliced together in different ways, like his True. behavior is very questionable, but i I think it's really really diff- especially when they you know the producers of the show clearly have an agenda um it's really difficult to you know to diagnose people with different stuff based off just just the screen time that we're seeing
0: his dad died too so i wonder if it was just like emotional wounds
1: that were really open maybe but i just want to be clear i'm not diagnosing him or anything i'm saying these are like patterns of behavior that i recognize in people that i don't like and whether it's like i don't think they have like I, i don't know if they have like actual narcissistic personality disorder but they have behaviors that i associate with narcissism and that's just people that i just i don't like that so I don't, I, I just, when I see people act like that, I don't want to spend any time with them. That's it. mm, mm. And we'd just like to take a moment to thank the sponsor of this episode, Davy Piper.
2: If you're looking for comfortable loungewear and to celebrate women's achievements, then Davy Piper is the one for you.
0: Davy Piper's story is the story of women. Each of their products is made with premium fabric and has been thoughtfully curated in honor of courageous women who inspire us to be better.
2: Just like their Diana Classic sports bra, which was inspired by Diana Princess of Wales, who used her platform to help those in need, including those struggling with mental illness. And cancer,
1: or the Nelly Simply Wireless Bra, inspired by a mother of eight, six by birth and two from adoption. Davy Piper has inclusive
0: sizing to accommodate women of all shapes and sizes, including sizing for women above an E cup. So if you'd like to wrap yourself in supportive, wire-free, super soft, premium fabric bras made from organic cotton, head on over to DavyPiper.com and enter our promo code. FDS to save 20% on your purchase. Save 20% on your purchase when you use the discount code FDS on DavyPiper.com. Thanks and back to the show. Okay, so I think that's kind of it with them. They said they tried to date a little bit after the show and be friends, but it blew up in their face. Uh, And there was an awkward moment where Vanessa Lachey asked Shana and Shane if they had had any communication after the show. And Shane like completely shut it down. He's like, I don't want to talk about that at all. And, it, and like, he was already kind of emotionally volatile because of the conversation between Natalie and him. And then, like, Shayna came through and clarified and said, like, no, we didn't, ha- like, we hang out once, but we didn't, nothing happened between us, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I just want to make that clear. And then they went on both their Instagrams and said, like, we never had anything romantic. Who knows if that's true or not. But um, the tea on Shayna was Shayna allegedly had a boyfriend already and that again she was on here she was on the, the show as a stunt queen oh so she had a boyfriend the whole time that's hilarious but that's that's the tea, that's the tea, right like it's not confirmed and she obviously hasn't said anything to that effect but the tea that was spilled on um on the reddit was that like she actually had someone that she was seeing and really yeah.
1: <laughs> that's hilarious you know she's just <laughs> a, you know, a
0: reality tv wannabe so
2: <laughs> oh wow um, okay wow gosh you know her behavior now
1: makes a lot of sense actually like yeah it does the whole checking in at seven forty. yeah uh you know leaving from the mexico trip and all that um you know what honestly though i don't hate the stunt queen stuff though i don't i don't hate it um but um what the, my favorite part with Shayna was when kyle goes to meet her family i loved how her brothers were just grilling him i really enjoyed that scene i really enjoyed watching kyle get grilled um i like that her family's very protective of her her mom seems like a really nice person um they're all just sitting there judging him asking him tough questions i wish my family was like that with
2: the men that i date that's honestly like what like my family would be like though. if i brought a guy home they'd just be like grilling them especially my sister and my brother
0: They gave me strong, like Christian conservative vibes, which I mean, I I have very like, um, an adverse reaction to them somewhat, but I also understand where they're coming from because like for people for whom that framework is really important, they want to, they want to be able to fold a guy into their family who has their same beliefs and values. And, and yeah. And Shayna's mom says like, I can't give him, um, my blessing because, you know, he's not a Christian and he doesn't believe. And I think they just don't, they don't like the guy because he doesn't have their, uh, their particular brand of beliefs. So, but I do think her brother made kind of a weird comment, like, Oh, as long as you like being American. So I'm like, Oh, okay. So these are like deep Trumpers. So these people are racist. Okay. Probably. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? But like, uh, they're definitely <laughs> Trump conservatives, right? Like <laughs> they're, the, they're those kind of people. So um, the conversation. So the other thing elephant in the room was the conversation that Shane and uh, Shana had uh, on the beach in episode 6 oh yeah I enjoyed that too Shane is such a grade A fucking hater I hate it like <laughs> listen and listen I'm, I'm gonna like I'm gonna t- kind of put myself out there like I know it's like I, this is happening before where, like you know a new guy comes and like two girls might like the same guy and then the other girl gets to him like just slightly quicker than you get, and like that salty ass feeling when you feel like you lost like you gotta figure out how to handle that better cause she just looked bad <laughs> Right? Like, you yeah. gotta keep your dignity. Like, she was like, oh, you guys are a joke. Like, she was so toxic in that moment. Yeah. That that
1: was <laughs> the one part that I found entertaining. But I was like, girl, like, yeah, save your dignity. The whole, like, oh, I can find another guy for you if it doesn't work out with Shane. I was like, oh, you sneaky bitch. Like, you're trying to... Su-. That was, like, mm-hmm. her trying to suss out how serious they were about yeah, each other. Yeah, exactly. And, and trying to see if, like, oh, can I swoop in and, like, steal him kind of thing. I'm like, girl, like, don't try to steal another woman's man let's just cringe she just looks so thirsty
0: and pathetic like it did you didn't look like uh the bigger person you looked really thirsty pathetic and salty as fuck yeah that was some that was some grade a hater hateration for like what like 20 minutes right (laughs) because she went from saying like oh i don't know if you guys are compatible or i don't get it to like straight up calling them a joke which i mean and then i think when the audience started to kind of turn for shane was when he kind of shut her down Right. Yeah. Because then people are realizing, like, okay, he's more serious about Natalie than, you know, he, he definitely more so than like Jarrett and Mallory, right? Like, looking True. at the polar opposite yeah. of how they handle that situation versus like Shane defending his relationship, defending his, you know, the fact that he likes Natalie, et cetera. Yeah. I, th- I actually
1: liked that about him. I liked how he defended Natalie like that and defended their relationship. He didn't try to be like with Jarrett where it was like, oh, well maybe, you know, you know, he didn't try to keep his options open like with Jarrett. Um, so I did. Yeah, I did. I'll give credit where credit's due. I thought that was cool. Yeah. yeah. He seems
0: serious about Mary's. Like he was one of the people I think was on there really trying to find a partner and wasn't there just to be on reality TV. But I think Shana was there to be on reality TV, but then felt extra salty when she didn't get picked by the guy she wanted. Yeah. And then ended up with <laughs> Kyle. So
1: the reaction when Shake met Shayna was like I could tell that uh Shayna was Shake's usual probable physical type. He was yeah. like, "Oh damn, like she, I could tell in his head he was thinking like, "Oh damn,
0: she's hot. <laughs> he can never get with Shayna. He's such a loser." Yeah, he's like yeah. Shake is such a mess. So okay, so the thing with Kyle. So Kyle was really pissed at the reunion. Understandably. Yeah, at the at the conversation that Shayna and uh Shane had. Too many SH names. Shana, Shane, Shake. Like, I can't do this, guys.
1: (laughs) Like, y'all gonna have to break up your name structures. Uh, so. Too many, too much alliteration, yeah.
0: Yeah. So Mm -hmm. Kyle, okay. So Kyle was obviously really mad at the conversation that, that, uh, Shake, Shana and Shane had. And then also questioning, like, well, did you ever really like me? Right. And I honestly think either the tea that was spilled that she already had a guy and she was just basically on there trying to be a real housewife or she just wasn't physically attracted to him, but didn't know how to say it was probably the the real truth so uh Kyle comes out and says like what was the deal were you just not attracted to me was the religion really a, a deal breaker etc and she says like listen it was just it was the religion and she's like I liked you but I if I'm being honest I wasn't 100% when I said yes and she's like I mean, "My my people pleasing tendencies took over she was like I I feel like I was trying to be a people pleaser in that moment and I ended up hurting the both of us and I so I feel like she tried to take accountability but then it's like uh hmm. Kyle didn't want to like let it go he was still like be pushy for answers. And I'm like, sometimes there's just not an answer, man. And that's what I notice is a toxic trait with Kyle is like, he just doesn't take like no for an answer. Yeah. So I feel like she's been in so many ways trying to tell him this is not going to work. And he's trying to bargain with her. And then when it's even at the reunion, when she's like, it didn't work, he just needs to know like every single reason why she doesn't like him. But I also feel like she's avoiding the elephant in the room, which is either she had a boyfriend or she's not attracted to him. But she doesn't want to look yeah. like shake, so she doesn't she's trying to protect his feelings and then just be like, well, it's the religion thing, et cetera, et Because cetera. I don't think she would have been as ser- serious with the religious thing with with uh with Shane if her and Shane had got together, but then again, Shane is probably cursory Christian even if he's not a, a super practicing one, so at least should pretend he's not like a full on atheist or at least not has never said he was like Kyle is, which is gonna alienate her family, so yeah, yeah,
1: Kyle had a really weird comment that was like um." He's like, oh, I'm so good at meeting people's families. And then he said something like, oh, what is he, like a murderer? (laughs) You know, like episode one of this, I was saying like he he has like devil physiognomy. He looks satanic. He looks evil. I'm not even religious or anything, but something about him just looks mischievous. When he was like, oh, yeah, what is he, a murderer? I'm like, I don't know, Kyle. You tell me, are you an
0: actual murderer? (laughs) Like, that wouldn't surprise me. Um, Well, Well, he did try to murder Shake in some Instagram comments. So, oh. so the other tea that was spilled at the reunion, if y'all didn't know, was that, uh, Deep T and, and Kyle actually were close to getting engaged. Really? Yes. So, oh. and the rumor is, is that Deep T and Kyle are now dating. They reconnected after the show. Oh, yeah. seriously! You know what? Good for them. Queen, good for her. I'm happy for her. <laughs> so he was like all in the comments of the Lovins Blind uh, Instagram, basically dragging Shake for Phil. Nice. Being like you're a narcissist, etc. But you can. It's funny. He didn't like. He didn't like uh, Shake from the beginning because I I watched a little bit of the beginning again, and there's a part where Shake's talking and Kyle's literally like nobody cares. Nice. Nice. When you see the reunion, you can see that everybody on that panel hates, shakes guts. Like whatever he said, even before they saw the show, but even before they saw the show from behind the scenes cuts, when you see people interacting with, Shake, you could tell they just don't like him. That he's just kind of a clueless douchebag. Yeah, I didn't like him. Like God, he was just so insufferable. So, they what happened with Shake and Deep Tea is obviously uh, they did not get married, and Deep Tea was asked first if she wanted to, if she wanted to marry Shake, and then deep. He said no. And then said that she deserves someone who loves her fully and loves her for who who she is. So she had like this kind of empowering speech there and then walked away from it. And then was kind of antagonistic in the way that she walked away from it. And then like shake sitting there with like the, the nice. O face, like trying to play it off, like, Oh, I'm glad she did it. So I didn't have to do it, et cetera. And I have restaurant reservations at Nobu and just trying to, you know, <laughs> be, be his best Tom Haverford self, just name dropping everything he's going to do now. Mm-hmm. Um, Side note: Indian weddings look lit, and I low key want a culturally appropriate. It. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah,
1: they do. They have like hundreds of
0: people. I love the, like, like the drum court, like the I don't know the drummers that like walked the groom party like down the aisle. And then, like, Deep T's wedding dress was just gorgeous. Like, I really loved it. <laughs> but it was a really beautiful wedding. But, um, I want to culturally <laughs> I kind of <appropriate>. do. <laughs> I'm like, they're they really lit, gorgeous. Though, actually, <laughs> actually. <laughs> I was like, stylistically, I would love to do this. That's yeah. It's such a good but party. I know yeah. it's like, it's got too much. I wouldn't do it because I wouldn't want to disrespect
1: anyone's culture. But unless you married an Indian guy, then probably okay, you'd have that's to. True. Have if I that marry someone, but then it wouldn't be a half, it would be a privilege. Yeah. <laughs> <But> yeah.
0: <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, um, yeah, so the tea that was spilled on the Reddit was that uh, apparently, like, Shake was saying just way, way, way worse things that were even televised and that he actually got an easy edit. <sighs> so he said things like, deep tea's loose skin should be studied by science. Fuck this guy. And that he normally dates small petite white mm. girls He never date anybody over 110 so like he was basically telling everybody who would listen that he wasn't attracted to deep tea and that not even just like saying he wasn't attracted to her like actively insulting her and then comparing her to white women constantly oh my god wow. uh, this is a very colorist colonized pathetic little man he has a conquered mentality <laughs> yeah it's, it's pathetic man <laughs> like it's so it's so embarrassing like the entire reunion was like secondhand embarrassing because at one point everybody told him to shut the fuck up and he did not shut up he was like i have to keep it real and i'm like you're a fucking clown you're like, fucking you're-
2: fake yeah and you knew it was bad when even like shane was looking at him like he was crazy like yeah. even <laughs> fucking shane thinks yeah. you're crazy <laughs> for what you're saying and at one point he was like i'm not usually a fan of Nicolas shay because i just think he's a bit scroty," but he put shake in his place and i loved it like like, because at one point, Shake was, like, during the reunion, the only woman I'm attracted to in this room is, is like, Vanessa. And he looked like he wanted... He looked like he wanted to kill him. Yeah,
0: imagine the audacity of hitting on, like, Nick Lachey's wife. Yeah, in Someone's front of him. Yeah. And then being like, everybody else here is not attractive to him. Like, he didn't even have to say that, but he says stuff... He says stuff he doesn't have to say. Like, he's such a clueless douchebag. Like, what was the point in saying that? That's Nugging just so stupid. the other stupid. women. <laughs>
2: and then he was like and then Shake was like oh no we're animals and then and then Nick was like no we're humans like it's no wonder you treat people the way you do when you see them as animals I was like yes Nick yeah I yes. if nice. any like
0: if I had to peg anybody as a narcissist <laughs> it would be him because he's so goddamn clueless definitely yeah but I also think it's like culturally induced narcissism where he feels like if I just act like a tool bag and nag women all day then I'll look cool in comparison and like he was, w- he got roasted so bad by everybody in the panel that by the end of it he actually had to make like I guess I have to work on myself I'm like yeah bitch like a lot of work on yourself oh uh, no shit yeah and, and Deep T was like it's not that you weren't attracted to me it was just the way that he went about like going out of his way to embarrass and insult her
2: I completely agree I completely agree and I I really like the way like Deep T's siblings like defended her and had her back on Instagram they're like stay the fuck away from my sister and all that jazz I was like yeah she's really winning in life because she's right like it's fine to not be attracted to people that wasn't my issue with Shake it's just how he went about it and how he was justifying his shitty behavior like you didn't have to propose to her like you didn't have to but then you propose to her and then just start making nasty you know nasty comments behind her back especially when it's like but you're clearly not henry cavill yourself body wise you're clearly not yes
0: (laughs) what killed me was like when he was in the pool he has loose skin he used to be
2: a. he clearly used to
0: be a chubby dude yeah
2: He's got, he's chubby too. Yeah. Yeah. He was fat himself. And I've often, and this is something I've found with men, especially like they, especially overweight men, they have a huge, huge problem with overweight women. So yeah, in his mind, it's fine. He was once overweight. His loose skin is fine. But when he sees deep teeth, it's like, Oh, yeah, she was once. And I, you know, I honestly believe he, he held the fact that she was previously overweight against yeah. her. Um, And he hated that about her even though he was overweight himself like mad
0: that she's a brown woman even though he's a brown man like it's kind of ridiculous
2: exactly it's just so and i think it's just internalized hatred on his part like he feels inferior so he has to project that onto her to make her feel inferior as well he hates the fact he used to be overweight he hates his loose skin he seems to hate his own skin color so he's just projecting that onto her
1: like he hates the things about her that also apply to him because he exactly. hates himself. Yeah. And
2: exactly. that's the deal with a lot of these like colorist
0: guys that uh, you know, first of all talk talk about all of their girlfriends like porn categories. I maintain that he's a porn six groat and that's part of his problem. Yeah. I agree. You know, his attraction is based on a very narrow criteria that he does because he all he's probably just constantly masturbating online pretending he's getting attention from women. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> he just strikes me as like delusional. Like there's just no way he gets all the women that he tries to pretend like he has access to. Like there's just. Yeah. yeah. No way. So he's, a he's like just, yeah, biologically delusional. It's almost <laughs> hard to even just like roast shake because there's just everything about him is just so fucked up. He's just not as handsome as he thinks he is. He's like, he's, he's chunky while dragging women for being chunky he's mad he's like mad at deep tea for being brown in her culture a culture that he shares that he's embarrassed of like it's just imagine being that self-hating but that narcissistic at the same time it's just like yeah it's hard to understand for me but
1: yeah it's like where do you even go from there (laughs) (laughs)
0: um but yeah so there's like a lot of unresolved you know things in the air about how these couples are turned out I hope they do another like one year later or two years later thing like they did with season one where we get to see where the couples are at um after the fact because you know obviously we have suspicions like about Jared and Iana. I think they'll still be together but I feel like Iana might be way disillusioned (laughs) with the reality of being married to Jared I think Nick and Danielle have a chance to make it they are all, you know, they're in counseling, and they and they seem to actually genuinely enjoy each other's company and be working on it. But um, the other three should have never been together. The two that did get together, I really only believe one should should stay together. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, but <laughs> yeah, um, we'll see what happens. So, um, I think part of the format this year, too, if, if the tea is to believe, um, and why some of the drama was dramaing is because, uh, they said that this year they only gave them like, like 15 minute convos in the pod. And then whoever actually signed up to get married first got to go on the Mexico trip, which puts them under a time crunch rather than like the, the most quality couples got to be followed. So there was two other couples that uh, got engaged in the pods, but didn't make it to TV. So some of the TV formatting was for maximum drama.
1: Yeah. Actually, I, I want to take a second before we wrap up. I want to I'll just say I actually really like Deep Tea's mom. Um, just because she said <laughs> she had a line as soon as she, her first, uh, moment was, um, She's like, oh, tea. you know, you're always against arranged marriage. Uh, but then you do the whole love is blind thing, which is a similar vibe. I had to like pause that and laugh for a solid minute just because the way she said, like, it's a similar vibe. Yeah, the parents were like, <laughs> that's exactly how I talk.
0: <laughs> I think everyone's parents except for like Danielle's were like the low key heroes of, this, <laughs> of yeah. this experiment because they they had their head screwed on straight for the most part. Natalie's mom... And Nick's parents. Honestly, I didn't like Nick's mom or sisters either. They were weird. Yeah, Nick's mom seems a little mean, so I kind of feel like maybe they have similar wounds, which is maybe why... Similarly shitty parents. Yeah, Yeah. which is probably why they have the same kind of insecurities and maybe get along. But, like, Natalie's mom, I couldn't read her face, but she looked completely over whatever is about to go down on the altar. Like, I can't even describe her face. It was, like, both rage and confusion. So... Yeah, she. I, I think she was really, really hoping they wouldn't get married, or maybe Natalie told her something behind the scenes that had her just pissed off to the teeth. But Natalie did see in an, say in an interview after the fact that her, her mom and Shane's mom were friends. So I don't know if she was like disliking Shane's mom, or, or if it was like she was just frustrated by the whole situation. But if we had, if we had to rank the people's parents, like Deepti's parents, ten out of ten. Yeah, and then the. <laughs> uh, Natalie's dad was really sweet at the wedding where he said like, you know, you're my greatest achievement. And I think part of when you see how Natalie's dad is very sweet with her, you know, she even made the comment, like, you know, when I see, you know, being around my dad, how comfortable I feel and how relaxed I feel, I don't feel that around Shane. And so that's another reason why she decided to say Nora.
1: Yeah. Shane sets off my fucking fight or flight reflex honestly like
0: yeah he should he's a he's a drug like he's an emotionally explosive drug addict like there's just no there's no way you can be in a relationship with someone who's actively using he's too volatile they're unstable yeah, he's yeah. A, yeah. unstable so mm. yeah like i said no one really mentioned that elephant in the room but like he just looked just the way he talks like and the way he moves it's just dude is whack yeah i thought
1: it was so weird how everyone's just acting like he's normal and like i'm like does no one else see what i'm seeing like he acts like he's fucking high like am i crazy like is, I'm, is no one else seeing this like
0: i think they know, you know but again anyways. they're not gonna say anything on tv they're gonna cut that out of the show yeah, yeah. or I, I think also the people around him probably didn't want to i don't know it's hard to be around a person who's actively using because you just want to say something but then you almost can't like because you know they're it's yeah, because you don't want to get fucking, I don't know, get your face ripped off or whatever. <laughs> the thing, the thing, The weird thing about drug addicts is, like, they're both bombastic and extremely fragile at the same time. Yeah. So, like, if you've been around them, it's like you know that anything you say could send them spiraling. Yeah, true. You end up walking on eggshells about them because you feel bad. Like, I don't want you to, you know, start to do it. So. I don't want you to blow up in my yeah. face. Yeah. So, so yeah, the, the parents are like the low key heroes. So I loved, I loved like getting a perspective on all everybody in the show based on how their parents were like, Natalie's mom was like a boss bitch, right? She was like, what are you doing? You know, she was very, she was a little <laughs> bit, um, she ultimately supported Natalie in her, in her choices, which I think is a really important trait, but you know, she could tell she wasn't really all in it at first, but she also was like, okay. She showed the ring and she slapped her head. She's like, don't yeah. show me that. <laughs> But she leaned into it and tried to help her. She's like, you know, ultimately it's your life and we're going to trust you to make your own good decisions, et cetera. And I think that was really, really good, like having that vote of confidence. And then, you know, it gave Natalie, you know, an out too with her dad supporting her. She felt comfortable just leaving Shane at the altar. And it wasn't a, you know, weird, uncomfortable thing. We saw Sal's family when Sal walked away from the altar. His sisters and his brother were there and they were all super supportive. They're like, yeah, it wasn't right. and you made the right decision. He was crying.
1: Aw. See that's my type. I like guys who are, are sensitive and cry like that. See that's the thing. I'm a little bit like Natalie, so to be honest, maybe, maybe that's why. <laughs> maybe that's why I kind of like her. But um, yeah, no, I like. I would. I would want to be with. So I like guys like Sal who are like more kind of like sensitive, and I can be like relaxed around. You know. But maybe he's a scrote. I don't know. You never know. But it's all TV.
0: So I mean, I don't know. It's just like we don't know that situation. But like I said, it definitely soured my opinion of him, and I think uh, m- soured Mal's opinion of him as well. And I'm like, yeah, like now they both have really big trust issues because he has some mystery woman that's showing up at the house making a scene, and she's clearly flirting with Jarrett and not all that into the relationship. So there's just no way if they yeah. were keeping it real. And I don't think they were. I don't think he was. She was into him. I think her first instinct is right that she just wasn't. You know. Attracted to him for whatever wasn't attracted yeah. to him. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah. The pa- the families were the, for the VIPs, and you can just see the difference between the the way the toxic. You can you can just see the root of people's is- issues, right? Like the toxic parents, based on their yeah. parents. Yeah. The only <laughs> people I'm a little bit surprised at that is, um, Shake's parents seem really nice, and the fact that like Shake's mom. Straight up was on deep tea. She said she was on deep tea side (laughs) in the whole facto Like she basically was like, "Listen, she deserves someone who's gonna love her fully, etc." She's like, "You're making me take deep tea side," and she says that explicitly. Like (laughs) that, she thinks her son's a fucking. I I think the reason.
1: (laughs) I mean, there are certain families where they just treat their son like a little prince, and that's what I mean about like the male narcissism is culturally trained. Um, That's the impression that I got. Like that, maybe the. Maybe like, yeah, in this specific scenario, they took shakes or they took deep tea side, but I feel like in every other interaction, they'd probably be like, oh, my precious little son, he can do no wrong kind of thing. I don't know. Like,
0: As a person who's been around a lot of first gen people myself, I think some of it is like when your parents aren't like immersed in the culture you grew up around. Like, obviously, he grew up around white people that likely he just started to tune them out from an early age. Maybe. And think like, oh, they're old fashioned. They don't know what they're talking about. They're not cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they're not cool. Exactly. So I don't know that they're necessarily building up. Is that so, so much as he tried to find an identity there, he could be like a cool guy outside of his parents because he was ashamed of his culture. Maybe I, I don't know. It's hard for me to tell from the small interaction, but based on the small interaction, like they weren't blowing. His, neither of his parents were blowing smoke up his ass. We, both of his parents seemed like they were trying to hold him accountable. But, like, Sheikh just seemed kind of um, dismissive of them, which makes me feel like he has deep internalized shame about his culture. Yeah. And therefore, was just trying to reject everything they're saying and then, you know, be the cool right. guy. Just, like, internalized racism. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it came across to me. Because um, he's, he's definitely not embracing his Indian heritage such that you could say, like, oh, he's adopting, like, Indian cultural traits about how men are supposed to act. It seemed like he's explicitly constantly rejecting it and trying to be, like, a, a white American dude, bro. That's just badly. Like, cosplaying as a white American. But, like,
1: a a facsimile of a (laughs) white American dude bro. Uh, (laughs) Like, you know, like, how there's, like... poor imitation. (laughs) It's, like, imitation crab that's, like, made out of, like, fish or something. It's, like, yeah, like,
0: imitation white guy. When you see his friends, they're all like that. That's why, like, they're all dude bros. Like, he has like his group of friends, I think they're mostly white. And then like one guy who looked uh, maybe East Asian. So, um and they were all like, dude, uh, like, are you sure you want to go through like a bunch of porn sick, just losers. Bro yeah. Type, porn types. yeah. <laughs> such losers. And like the kind that think they're cool, but are just massive. Like one guy had wraparound shades and spiky hair in 2022. Like, <laughs> how do you have wraparound shades and, and, like, a hair spikes in 2022? Ew, that's, like, so 2006. Ew, like... I know. So that's, like, the mental age and maturity of his friend group. Wraparound shades... 2006 oh. wraparound shades and spiked hair. <laughs> that's where they stopped maturing. That's uh, clearly where they were. Gross. So, like, this is the kind of guys that would have been, like, watching Jackass and, like, trying to emulate it in their backyard. That's the kinds of... <laughs>
1: The kind of guys that would be watching, Jack. That's exactly how they're li- how they are. Yeah,
0: that's so true. That's Jake's friend group. So, yeah, fuck Jake. Fuck his creepy ass two thousand six throwback friends. <laughs> 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 I hope his vet, I hope his vet practice never takes off because I'm like, how are you going to be a puppy doctor and like everyone hates you. Because that's the other thing, yeah. How can you be a puppy
1: doctor and be so fucking unlikable? Like, jeez, it's just beyond imagining
0: to me. I don't know, Scroat. Yeah, it's gonna be really interesting to see like how his career is after that. Because I'm like, I wouldn't take my, I wouldn't take my dog to him.
2: Yeah, no way. No, I, I wouldn't. A clone.
0: so probably like screw up their surgery and then try to like gaslight you about it and be like, oh, I don't know what happened. Your dog must have just been a problem, you know? Yeah. He's just, I don't know. He's a screw. He's not the type of person I would trust with any type of caring or nurturing role. True. Yeah. True, true. True. So that's our show. Please check out our website at thefemaledatingstrategy.com and bonus content, patreon.com forward slash thefemaledatingstrategy. Also follow us on Twitter at fem.strat and our Instagram at underscore thefemaledatingstrategy. Thanks for listening, queens, and for all you 2006 throwback wannabe American dude bros, your wraparound shades look stupid. Die mad. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs>